You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 15th. As always, I am your host, but sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars and Base, Off Bench Baseball, but most importantly, Just Baseball is where you can find my baseball-related work, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Subscribe on YouTube, Lockdown Padres, and of course at LO underscore Padres on YouTube for all the memes and dreams pertaining to exclusively Padres content. And of course, thank you as always for making us your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Guys, how about that? How about that? We got a lot to talk about, man. We're going to be talking about the offensive explosion from the Padres last night, including C.J. Abrams' hit. We're going to be talking about Joe Musgrove. We're going to be talking about, because some people were in, in my, my Twitter mentions yesterday, about a certain first base. We're going to be talking about it all, guys. So I'm not, enough introductions. Let's get into it, all right? First of all, the defending World Series champs? In the words of the great American philosopher, Stephen A. Smith, please, please, World Series champs. They made him look like nothing. Made him look like nothing. In a start between Charlie Morton and Joe Musgrove, the Padres came out on top. The Padres' home opener at Petco. Shouts to everybody who went out there. I hope you had a great time. It was great. Uh, Because today, look, making up for it admittedly, I'm not going to lie to you, a meh episode yesterday i should have done a little bit better all right i should have done better but today we're going to be recapping it all guys and it was great look this is the type of thing we needed and i talked about in the last episode that i felt like there was a potential that the series against the giants was a little bit of a microcosm of what to expect from the padres not a whole lot of offense you hope that it comes through every now and then but for the most part going to be pitching dominant well today was still like that joe musgrove Six and two-thirds innings, no earned runs, four hits allowed, no walks, which was great, and six Ks. Musgrove so far in the year has not walked a single batter, which is excellent. ERA at 1.42, whip even lower at .71. He looked awesome. I mentioned that so far I thought he had the best performance of the year, despite the fact that he did give up runs against the D-backs. Thought he looked better than Musgrove. Thought he looked better than Manaya. Thought he looked better than Martinez. Just Awesome stuff all the way around. Came through again against an even better team in the Atlanta Braves. Make no mistake, they may have lost Freddie, but that's still a lineup with Austin Riley and recently back Marcelo Zuna, Ozzy Albies, and newly acquired Matt Olson. Adam Duvall is pretty good. Eddie Rosario actually makes an error in this game, but bottom line is this, it's a great team. It's a great team. They won the World Series. And Musgrove, just all the breaking stuff they can't hit. His curveball wasn't even necessarily his most lethal pitch today. It was actually his changeup that he was getting the most whiffs on. So, awesome performance from Joe Musgrove. But the big thing that we have to talk about from this game, actually, is the offense. Is the offense, which I talked about how the offense was going to be a question for this year. It still is. But we got to celebrate what we had, guys. The biggest headliner, of course, of the night, Manny Machado going 5-for-6 with four runs scored, two RBIs, with a home run. 
uh, on the night. He also stole two bases. So if you had him in fantasy baseball tonight, you're absolutely killing it. Maybe if you're a roto player or what have you. The two stolen bases on top of the home run, two ribbies, five hit night for Manny Machado. Just absolutely incredible. Launching his OPS up into the 900s. Uh, a tweet from Nick Lee that I actually retweeted from the Lockdown Padres account uh, mentioning that before tonight's game, uh, 231 average with a 679 OPS with no home runs. And now 344 average, 948 OPS with one home run, which kind of emphasizes, by the way, that, guys, it's still so early on in the season that if you just have one good game, all of a sudden your OPS and your war and your WRC plus will go through the roof, right? So if you're concerned about other stars in the league right now, your Shohei Otani's, Guys like that, right? Maybe if you're a Dodgers fan, if you're a, a D-backs fan, Cattell Marte, Colorado with some of those guys, that's what happens if you have one great game. And I wasn't concerned about May Machado. I didn't even think he was having a slow start. He was still walking a decent amount, seeing good pitches, hitting the ball well, no surprise whatsoever. But I guess you could argue that one surprise of the night was... You know what? Let me save it really quickly. Let me save it really quickly. I gotta save it. I'm gonna make you guys wait because everybody was in my mentions about this last night, but... Let me just also mention Luke Voigt. All right, let's be a little bit critical of the Padres' offense. Luke Voigt wasn't bad, certainly wasn't bad. He actually had an RBI in this game. Three RBIs, my mistake, on two hits, including a double. He struck out, but Luke Voigt has been, for me, what I've wanted to see more from Trent Grisham, or what I want Trent Grisham to be. More of a presence at the plate. More of a, a better eye, almost, at the plate. Yes, he hasn't had the big power so far. He did have a double in this game, which was nice. And he hasn't hit the big home runs that necessarily we wanted. But still, a double tonight, upping that slugging percentage. It's kind of what I've wanted from Trent Grisham so far. Is just more of an on-base type of ability. I, I want more on-base. I want more pitches to be seen, especially from a guy who's the leadoff hitter. So far on the year, 118 batting average. It's just not going to cut it. And he's not walking a lot. 194 below 200 on base. He does get a walk in this game, but struck out twice. Let's talk about Grisham really quickly. In 2020, his slash line was 251, 352, 456. As a result of that slash line, in a, granted, truncated 2020 season with 10 homers and 10 steals, you proliferate those stats, you expand those stats, and assume that they're going to be somewhat similar for a, a giant season. And for the first half of 2021... That is what happened. 274, 357, 492. Borderline, like, a top 20 outfield. Not even borderline. A top 20 outfield, maybe even top 15, if you account for also the defense. And then in the second half of the 2021 season, as some Padres fans may be familiar, 211, 296, 333. That's not going to cut it. And so far to start this year, I'm seeing the same sort of trends, Right? Just not a lot of slugging power. The swing doesn't totally look right. It doesn't look like the type of swing that catches up to those biting inside pitches. A fastball, cutter, all those sort of things. It just doesn't seem like he manages them. And yes, some calls don't go his way. I get it. The way that he kind of chokes up, maybe it, he he doesn't sell it as much. I don't know. Maybe that's just a, an eye test thing for me. Maybe he doesn't sell it as much. But even in spring training, didn't show a lot of pop. And that's annoying. Yes, last year, maybe you could point to the fact that he hit lefties really well. But nonetheless, really disappointing so far for Trent Grisham is the one thing that was bad about last night. But of course, there was so much more better, 
All right, guys. So we got the bad out of the way. All right, Joe Musgrove was awesome. Manny being Manny, there's nothing else to say about Machado. He's going to be awesome. The biggest lock, arguably, uh, out of players in the National League West? No, that's not true because the Dodgers do have, like, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and those guys. But you guys get what I'm saying. But you know what else is a lock for enjoyment and just quality? Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. The best protein bars on the market. I don't know what to tell you. All right, they're just they're just the best. They're just the best. All right, I've told you how many times the macros. All right, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and you're killing it. You're vibing. You're thriving. And most importantly, you are finding different flavor types too. That's what I love about them. Great variety of flavors. Kind of like the Ben & Jerry's of protein bars, guys. White chocolate cookies and cream. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie. Apple almond crisp. My favorite. Cherry barcia. All sorts of things. They've got you covered, guys. What are you waiting for? Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off, guys. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And of course, guys, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Pirates your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep moving. Let's get more into the positive stuff, or at least semi-positive stuff, because a lot of you were in my mentions. And by a lot, I mean not too many. There was like three or four people who love, who seem to enjoy the bit that I do not say the former Kansas City Royal first baseman's name. I call him the first baseman. I call him the first baseman that must not be named. Almost like he's Lord Voldemort. I call him the ground ball gremlin, which is a little mean. I admit, it's a little mean. But he had a great game, and you have to give him credit. Four for five on the night with two doubles, by the way. With two doubles, two ribbies. Love to see that. He is currently batting 462 on the year, which is just absolutely nuts. His on bases through the roof. He's been great. On the surface. And I just want to address two things about this. Two things. And that is, first of all, we haven't played a lot of games, guys. The Padres, we've played, what, eight games so far this year? Calm down. I need a little bit more from the guy before I restore his first name. Before I restore, and the last name too, obviously. Before I restore the full name on the podcast and even to an extent on Twitter. I still use his name on Twitter, though. I still use it. But I need more. And here's one thing that I need to mention is last year, he started off great. Start off really great last year. I've mentioned this before. I had a 330 average. But I will say this. If you just go check out his Savant page, a little interesting. Because there's a lot of things that show me, yes, not much has changed. And then there's some things where I'm like, well, in fairness, he has played well so far. In terms of what he's done well so far is the batting average, the on base. He's seen more pitches. Even he's hitting the ball really, really hard. Hard hit rate is in the 83rd percentile, expected batting average, exit velo, and exit for average exit velocity, all in the red. He's doing well, and he hasn't made any mistakes at first base so far, which is great. I, I love that. He's scooped a lot of, there was a throw tonight by Jake Cronenworth, I believe, that could have been, that just bounced in the dirt. That wasn't great, but he handled it. So, and we're not necessarily always used to him handling those type of balls. So that was great. And like I said, the batting average, the on base. And the fact that his line driver percentage so far this year is 37.5. Granted, in eight games, that would far exceed his total throughout his career. And that's obviously just a little bit um, a little bit too high, honestly, if we're being honest with you. But, and here's the big but. Let's talk about it, guys. 
the ground ball rate currently is at 62.5% for the year. Now, that's, again, eight games, but it does show you that he's still doing what he still usually does, which is he hits the bar hard, he doesn't walk enough necessarily, and he's hitting it on the ground. This is Rymel Tapia range. Rymel Tapia is like the only player in baseball that hits the ball more on the ground than the Padres' first baseman. And the other thing here is he currently has a 0% fly ball rate, which is which obviously will change. Uh, his career high is actually 23.1%, which was that one abnormal season in 2020 when he started lifting the ball more. But a 0% fly ball rate, which suggests, in theory, that he's been a little bit lucky. But also, in fairness, I mentioned his line drive percentage, 37.5. So he has been lining the ball. He has been hitting the ball. To an extent, he's been hitting the ball hard, and well, it hasn't been all ground balls. I mentioned a while ago in the Diamondbacks game, the pivotal hit that gave the Padres the lead. He smoked a ground ball that just happened to smoke off the second baseman's glove. It happens, right? But that also suggests he's been getting a little bit lucky. But even still, with the ground balls, with the line drives, so far this year, they haven't hit very well. It hasn't felt like all luck so far. But still, with the fly ball rate, guys, that means he's not necessarily hitting the ball for home runs. And the last thing that needs to be brought up is the launch angle currently sitting at minus 0.1, which is lower than the lowest of his career was minus 1.5, which was his first season, I believe, with the Padres in 2018. Uh, that was the lowest of his career. The highest of his career was 8.7. The one year when he was starting to launch the ball and hit it for more fly balls, more fly balls you hit. Typically, when you're hitting it as hard as the Padres first baseman does, tend to lead to more slugging percentage, more home runs and what have you. So that's not happening. Does he deserve kudos? Absolutely. But I still maintain my belief that it's going to be an issue for the Padres. Hopefully, though, hopefully, the one thing I have said in his favor for a while, just to combat the people who may be getting on me, I'm against the idea of trading him for the simple fact of the trade wouldn't make sense. I don't want to lose C.J. Abrams. I don't want to lose Mackenzie Gore and Campizano and Robert Hassel. I don't want to give up so many assets just to get rid of a guy. At the very least, we have to hope that he keeps up this level of production to the point where he can at least be maybe like a 2-F4 player. Maybe. 3 would be great too, an all-star. Like, like if he gets that 3-4 to four range, that would be awesome, right? But, you know, we just got to hope that he's not actively dropping a donut like he did last year in the F4 category. That's what you got to hope for. But guys, don't freak out. It's still very, very early. But of course, kudos to the Padres first baseman playing a hell of a season so far. Hopefully he keeps it up. And then the next good news, I mentioned him, C.J. Abrams, ladies and gentlemen, the solo shot from C.J. Abrams, his first career home run. And one thing I must say, I always love the silent treatment sort of tradition. Baseball has a lot of dumb traditions, which I talked about this week with unwritten rules. Uh, hits it in the bottom of the second. They do the silent treatment where they just ignore him. And Machado comes out from behind and then gives him the little bear hug and whatnot. And then it's all good. Uh, loved it. I love that it was an opposite field hit. Abrams, so far to start as a Padre, not particularly hitting all that well. He's still batting an even keel 100. <laughs> so he hasn't been all that tremendous. But still, he's just starting out. He's barely played. And he's also splitting time with Hassan Kim. But it's still great to see. And I believe, based on who I've talked to from Lindsey Crosby of Lockdown Away Prospects, Arm Layton, who is a co-founder of Just Baseball, great friend of mine, he's been talking about him, a lot more power than people think, I'd say. A lot more power that Abrams has, I think. Not just a slapstick sort of hitter with a lot of speed and good defense, which is still awesome, by the way. The Padres could definitely use that. Anyone could use that. But a lot more power than people expect. He has gotten um, Trey Turner comparisons before. 
He has. And that maybe is his peak. And the biggest thing of all that I think should be mentioned about C.J. Abrams is he's 21 years old. So on top of the fact that you shouldn't judge him too much immediately in the outset, you should just be grateful for what you have. Getting called up at 21, that doesn't happen very often. So the Padres are clearly very excited about him, and you should be too. Love that for the guy. Hopefully he can uh, keep it up. And I will say, both with C.J. Abrams and the Padres' first baseman, another reason that it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out is if Abrams is on fire or Hassan Kim is on fire and Tatis comes back, you have a little bit of a situation where you're like, what's going to happen now with this roster? You have Luke Voigt as the DH. What happens? Right? Because in theory, you'd love the idea of Hassan Kim being a bench guy on top of maybe Abrams, you know, they switch and whatnot. And then Tatis, maybe he goes back to shortstop and then you have Abrams and Tatis at the same time or, or Tatis and Hassan Kim. And then you move Cronenworth over to first. So that's another thing about why we're hoping, right? That's another reason why, guys, we have to keep in mind who this guy was. We cannot let eight games all of a sudden dictate uh, how we feel about him going forward. So that's another thing that has to be brought up. Um, and speaking of Hassan Kim, guys, I'm going to link the article in the description of the podcast. So go check that out. I recently wrote about, uh, for Just Baseball about Hassan Kim. He could secretly be Padres' secret weapon, potentially. It's just a fun read. I was messing around a little bit at the beginning, making some jokes, a lot of fun, and just talking about how I still believe in the guy, that he could have value, and why it could be a little bit of a domino effect if he does play through. So I'm curious to see what the lineup looks like for tomorrow. And we're going to talk a little bit about tomorrow, because there was a very special, juicy announcement made that is going to be happening for tonight's game, ladies and gentlemen. You probably know what I'm talking about. But before we talk about it, let me first talk to you about betting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, and of course, obviously, the start of the Major League Baseball season. We're kicking off, ladies and gentlemen. It's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Oh man, what a night. What a night. I mean, I I mean seriously, seriously, guys. It was just so I think this is easily the best day of the Padres so far. This is the best day to be a Padres fan. Abram's showing off. He I mean, I know he had like a, his first hit. That was very nice the other day. He had that great defensive play in his first game, which was awesome. They won 12 1. They had 16 hits, man. 16 hits the Padres had against the Atlanta Braves. It was great. It was great. Uh, I loved it. I adored it. Seeing all the hits, Luke Voigt has been really good for the Padres so far, even if the home runs haven't necessarily come through. It is great. And I also forgot to mention that Will Myers, who kind of had to save the Padres a couple days ago uh, as he had to pitch in a game, he, even him in this game, uh, managed to get a couple hits. Two for five on the night with two RBIs. That was great. He's been due. Did strike out, but he's been due to at least get something, right? In the early goings of the season so far, um, Trent Grisham has probably been the mis- most disappointing Padre. And then it's not necessarily uh, the guys you've expected always to come through, but they have. Jake Cronenworth has been very consistent, not whiffing as usual. I love that there's literally a Padres Twitter account called Did Jake Cronenworth Whiff Today, I believe. I don't know if it's still active, but it'll just tweet like no and all that stuff, which is really fun. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about today was an announcement. And that's the announcement that the San Diego Padres have officially called up their top pitching prospect. We've talked about him on the show a whole bunch. His name, of course, 
is Mackenzie Gore. Gosh, guys, is this awesome. I mean, I don't really think that I wish I could end the podcast right there, but it's great. He's getting called up. It was confirmed before the game that he was getting called up for tomorrow's start or by the time you guys are listening to this today's start against the Atlanta Braves. It will be against. Let's see who's lined up to pitch for the Braves. Let me just make sure I don't have that right in front of me against Kyle Wright, who was good, actually, in his first start Had six K's, only one walk, didn't give up a run. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, We're going to see a lot what happens. But the big thing is, let's talk about two things with Mackenzie Gore. Just to remind everybody, he has four-plus pitches. And the big thing that happens with Mackenzie Gore uh, over the last kind of, I guess, since the spring training started, since the lockout started, is he's been really developing. Even before the lockout happened, he's been looking really good. And what I love about him is that the velocity has kicked up, right? The velocity has kicked up with him. And for both his fastball, for all his pitches, it's been awesome, right? So that's what's so exciting, all right? Blake Snell is hurt, but he's getting called up to replace him. And let's keep in mind, let's keep in mind, the guy is still super young, all right? He's 23 years old. No matter what happens, and I was actually talking to my mom about this, that the Padres, there is a feeling about like, is the magic not there because of Tatis being gone? Well, let me tell you. If Mackenzie Gore comes up and he can fill in and make up for the fact that both Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger are hurt, the electricity could come back on top of having C.J. Abrams, me being super excited about Hassan Kim's viability potentially, and you've got, uh, who else am I pissing? Nick Martinez had a great start. There is still ways that the Padres have some freshness to this lineup and this freshness to this team to add the excitement back. So I'm looking forward to it, but again, it is the Atlanta Braves, all right? We did kind of kick their butts. They even made three errors. We kicked their butts all the way. Like, if you're a Braves fan tonight, you're just like, throw that one out. That's what basically if you're a Braves fan. But with those four-plus pitches, with the fact that the velocity has been up, with the fact that the leg kick issue seems to have kind of gone away, with the fact that this is a guy that has been compared sometimes to Clayton Kershaw, with the fact that he seems to just be so much more confident, driving Don Orsillo, driving Mud over to the game, right? He just looked clean in spring training. His AAA start, five innings, no runs, bunch of strikeouts, no walks. He looks like he's regained that top-level prospect viability that made him the top-pitching prospect in baseball once upon a time. In 2020, I remember that. He's the top-pitching prospect in baseball. Then he fell off for reason, for good reason because he was struggling and a lot of people said, what's going on here? The control isn't there. He seems to have regained it. That being said, in fairness, it's not like he's been in the Myers carving it up for like a month. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's been absolutely destroying it. He's been looking good, but in fairness, it's not like he's been absolutely super duper dominant, right? But even still, he's looked good, man. And the one start, I'm really excited. I can't wait. I, I, I just, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. But in fairness, guys, if he goes out tonight, and he gets shelled, do not freak out, because in fairness, he's looked good as of late. It looks back to normal as of late. So do not look at this as like he's regained the top pitching prospect level. It looks like he has, but he hasn't officially done that yet, if that makes any sense. And another thing for why Mackenzie Gore, on top of how exciting this would be, is if he regains that ability, if he, he comes out and he pitches even just good, against the, the, the Braves. If he has, like, you know, um, I was watching the Yankees with my mom. 
when Luis Severino, who now Mackenzie Gore wasn't, as far as we know, injury related, but he struggled. He hadn't started in a game in so long and all this stuff. And he went out against the Red Sox, only gave up two runs. The velo was there and all the stuff was there, even though he gave up the runs. He looked great. And he actually just had a good start last night, too, against the Blue Jays. If Gore has something like that, I would be all over electric. And we're going to be talking about it. But the other thing with Mackenzie Gore is this. And I think it's worth bringing this up. Is that the Padres currently have three starters. And I've mentioned this on a previous episode. That are going to be free agents by the end of the season. That's Joe Musgrove, who was sublime last month, uh, last night, obviously. Blake Snell. Or not Blake Snell, I'm sorry. Mike Clevenger. And Sean Maniah. So, they need to see what they probably have out of this guy. Because they need to know what kind of rotation they have heading into next season. So that's probably why they're more inclined to call him up instead of, say, some other prospect. right? Some other pitching prospect, maybe bring up uh, a gasser or somebody like that. And whoever you have, right? Uh, maybe you, you, you sign a guy right, that off of waivers or something like that. Maybe they're wondering, we want to know, because if theoretically we only re-sign one of those guys, which would likely, in my opinion, be Joe Musgrove, through the no-hitter, he's a San Diego native, all that stuff, right? That's probably where they're leaning towards. But if they didn't, then they want to know what they have out of this guy. They want to know if this is their number three starter heading into next season, with Blake Snell and you Darvish as the ones on the book. And technically maybe Nick Martinez we're gonna have to see how that pans out if he has an awesome year he may opt out for more money if he's terrible then he may opt in and maybe he just might opt in if he has a good year I don't know exactly so he's a little bit of a question mark but bottom line is he would be a huge piece of the Padres rotation heading into 2022 so we're gonna have to see how he pans out um so this this period of Mackenzie Gore starts is going to be huge uh, against the Braves, though, thankfully it's in Petco, which is very nice, but it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it, and we're going to be breaking it down for sure. And the last thing that I want to mention is, you know, with those guys becoming free agents, if the Padres aren't very good, which is another reason, potentially, that they want Gore to come up, because if Gore is good immediately, and on top, this is also a case to be made for Abrams, if they're good immediately, that could help them be a good team this year, um, because there's so much upside. But if they aren't and the Padres fall below 500, aside from the fact that we're going to have to wonder whether or not A.J. Preller has his job at risk, right? I want to see how they're doing by the All-Star break. If Mania looks the way he's looked, if Musgrove looks the way he's looked, if Clevenger comes back somewhat soon and looks pretty damn good by the time we're in the, the time of July, I could see a world where if the Padres are super struggling, they're just completely out of it. I could see a world where they, they shop around those guys and maybe try to hit a little bit of a hard, immediate reset. You've already seen what the Nationals did last year. They got Kybert Ruiz out of the Nationals, um, the Max Scherzer trade. I know, not to bring up PTSD for Padres fans, but maybe they try and do that. It would be pretty nuts if they did that. I think it's still unlikely because I think they'd have to be really, really bad. And I just don't think with the talent level, right? Just with Machado, um, Cronenworth, Voigt, Right, and at least some guys may be contributing and whatnot with the good starting pitching rotation. They should still be in the hunt of it, but say they're not, that's going to be something to look out for. So it's all these domino blocks. That's how you have to look at this Padres team. There's so many falling pieces and things that happen if certain other events were to occur. Right, that's what's both exciting and a little bit scary. So we're going to see. I don't. I want to throw it out there that they're trading Joe Musgrove necessarily. I'm just saying. It's something to keep an eye on considering they have so many people available. Like uh, just as a little bit of an analogy, the Chicago Cubs last year, they were kind of competitive 
at the beginning of the season, they were exciting, but then they started falling off a bit. And yes, you can make an make a a saying, and you could say, well, the National League Central, it's not totally out of it, right? You could beat the Cardinals, you could beat the Brewers, it's possible. But they were falling a little bit, and they said Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, they're literally all going to be free agents. So let's ship them out and try and hit the hard reset here. Not impossible that, that happens with the Padres. That's just my take. Maybe even viewed as a conspiracy theory. But nonetheless, guys, the bottom line is what you should take away from this is cannot friggin' wait to see Mackenzie Gore. And we're going to be talking about it on Monday's podcast. We're going to be talking about the rest of the series and more. Baseball movies, all sorts of things. Going to be comparing the Padres lineup. Hopefully, Grisham wakes up and does a little bit better. Kind of roasted him a little bit in today's podcast, guys. But in the end, man, what a great night, guys. And with that all being said, go check out the Locked On MLB podcast, guys. Be sure to do that. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. He takes you on a journey through the major leagues, both past and present. Be sure to check that out. It's a good podcast. It's fantastic. Of course, look forward to this podcast, guys. And as always, this is the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V. I-I-P-I-N-O at L-O underscore Padres Lockdown Padres on Twitter and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies let's go